Hey everybody, my family and friends, I want to welcome you to today's Bridge Building Solutions podcast. Today, I'm going to ask you to open up your heart. You know, if you're just cruising through on social media, I'm going to ask you to to park here just for a minute because I'm going to share some things with you today. I I hope that we're all going to learn some things from today's podcast. You know, in this space, in this particular podcast, it is our desire to build some bridges across ethnic, cultural, denominational, and generational lines. You know, there are so many things that have happened into our lives that have kept us separated, have kept us segregated, have kept us ignorant of each other's lives. And it's time for this stuff to end. It just seems like in the world, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And we've got to do something about it. I believe as people of light, we've got to step up to the plate and we've got to open up our hearts. We've got to be willing to get quiet here for a little bit. And let's listen to the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us and let maybe let God help us move us into a vein that will bring about some help. You know, for a long time, some of us have been fighting extremely hard trying to get into oneness, a oneness that I believe that, that I don't believe, a oneness that Jesus actually prayed for. I I have a a Albert Einstein quote. It's, It's part of the curriculum of what lies between us, but he made this statement you know, so many years ago, he said, we, ne- we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we use to create them. Think about that. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we use to create them. So I hope that in this space, hopefully we can find some, some new thinking, some new tools that we need to build them bridges that we so desperately need in our lives. But anyway, before we jump into that, you know, how, how are you doing? You know, how how's your week been? You know, how's your month been going? I, I, I would I would really love to hear from you if you could give me a shout out. You know, don't hesitate to to do that. To email me. To you know, just uh, give a comment in the feed of whatever you know app you're you're watching or listening to this podcast. We we are still so brand new. This is a totally new experience for me doing this. So if you want to get notifications about the latest podcast, you know, as they come out, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Just search for Bridge Building Solutions on your favorite podcast app. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and even some more that I don't even know about. Or you can just go to our website, bridgebuildingsolutions.com. You can subscribe to the podcast right there on the homepage and make sure you turn on the notifications. And then you'll be able to be notified every time we come out with a a new podcast, if you will. So, all right, today I'm going to pose the question to you. And this this is the part, okay, I'm asking you to, you know, sit back, listen, learn, listen and learn, hopefully. But here's the question that I'm posing to you today. Am I an expert at uninformed arguments? Am I an expert at uninformed arguments? Man, you know, we have all been guilty of that at one time or another in our lives, but is that how we are trying to do this bridge building 
work? Are, are, are we speaking out of uninformed spaces? You know, I, there's been times that I tried to resolve something that I really didn't even know what I was talking about. I thought I had it figured out, but I really didn't. So I pose that question to you today because specifically we continue to be in a time of heightened racial tension. You know, the reality is, is that people are still struggling to find their voice and the ability to have productive conversations that help build bridges. We're struggling with that. We get frustrated, we get confused, we get angry, emotions take over because we have not found our voice. We have not come to a place in our lives. To, to have these constructive healing conversations. So we still need help. I, I know that the world is still a mess. There's still a lot of rancor out there. But what I'm seeing is that we have a mess in the church too. And that's, we're the ones who are supposed to be the light. We're the ones who are supposed to at least be offering hope. We're the ones who are supposed to be at least have an ability with God's help to, to do this thing right. So that's why I'm speaking up, because I care about the church. I care about the body of Christ. I care about you. So, you know, here's, here's what's going on. Now, now that for the most part, you know, uh, the protests, all of the rallies have mostly subsided, at least in comparison to what was happening when George Floyd was murdered, people, especially white people, hey, you know, I, I can speak about this. People, especially white people, are kind of settling back into their routines, not wanting to do the hard work of bringing about the change needed to make this world a better place. You know, it's, it's just too easy for us when things kind of settle down to to kind of settle back in a, into our inactive anonymity, you know, and just get back into our routine without wanting to do the hard work that is necessary to bring about the healing that we need up these racial cultural lines. But so you could say, well, Pastor Dean, what do, what do you mean about that? What do you mean we're not doing the hard work? That sounds kind of kind of hard. You know, the reality is, is, you know, it's one thing to go out on the street and uh, protest. It's another thing to go to a rally and speak up, support what's going on. But you know what we really need to do? We need to start educating ourselves about what people who don't look like us are really going through facing in our lives. We've got to quit making it about us. And we got to, we got to learn how to Listen and learn. We got to learn how to be able to see life through other lenses, through other people's experience. We have to learn how to look at what's going on through other people's eyes. That's not always easy to do. You know, we are who we are and we have had our experience and it has created a frame that we see the world through. And to put that aside and to make an effort to see through someone else's eyes, through someone else's experience, just by listening and learning is not an easy thing to do. Our lives are hard enough. The stuff that we got, got going on is difficult enough. And now you're trying to tell me that I need to kind of put that aside and learn to see things through other people's eyes. Exactly. People who we say we love and care about. People who we say as, you know, uh, 
the family of God that we love and care about. We have to open our hearts to listen and learn. You know, as people of color continue to fight for change, more injustices are coming to light. And, you know, when those injustices come to light, those exposed injustices have a tendency to make people who look like me, who look like some of us, uncomfortable. Man, you know, uneasy, guilty, ashamed, afraid, you know, fearful. I, there, there's just so many emotions that go on when things in the world begin to happen and they begin to expo- get exposed. And, and the problem with that is here's what people who look like, who look like me have a tendency to do. It, it, it's here where we have a tendency to implement a couple what I call survival tactics. And I want to I share those with you today. You know what we do a lot of times? We just, we avoid it. We shut the TV off. We quit listening to what is going on. And in other words, we, we kind of stick our head in the sand. And what we do is we, we hide in our white spaces until it blows over. You know, if I don't, if it's not close to home, if it's not in my family, it's not my problem. I'm not, I'm not racist. I love everybody. And so we, we just kind of, you know, in order to survive and not deal with the issues that are going on, we stick our head in the sand. And then secondly, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make anybody mad or uncomfortable. You know, if you think about it, if you just, you know, sit back and listen for a minute, you probably, you know, ha- have, have done that at one time or another. I know I have. It doesn't make me a bad person. It's just that I didn't know. I didn't understand. And then secondly, here's another thing we do. We need to appease our guilt and our shame about all these injustices that are going on. So whether subconsciously or consciously, I want you to listen to this. We start looking for reasons why that horrible thing happened. There must be a reason. Something must have happened. That person must have done something to deserve what happened to it. There has to be reasons for the injustices that were perpetrated. And, and, you know, the problem with that is that, you know, the news media, other people are quick to give us little tidbits of information that are totally unrelated that somehow in our minds, you know, bring some justification and, and somehow that, that sadistically appeases us and in some ways lets us, off the hook. It's it's like if I can find a reason, whether it's justifiable or not, I can dismiss my guilt or shame. I can breathe a collective breath of relief and move back into my non-racist mode of living. You know, let me ask you a question. You know, just a few weeks ago, the the verdict came down in the Derek Chauvin case in the George Floyd murder. And I, I, I want to ask you, how many of you that were white, that are white, excuse me, were so relieved that Derek Chauvin was convicted of George Floyd's murder? I know I was. I, I, I can't tell you the relief that I felt in my heart when justice was served. But you know what? It's not over. 
that didn't end racism. That didn't end what, you know, has happened in the past. That hasn't ended what's going on. It, you know, that just, that was one instance. Thank God justice was served in that. But you know what? We can't just go, whew, like, like it's over now because it's not over. You and I cannot move into our non-racist mode of living. People of color can't do that. You know, people of color who happen to be our brothers and sisters can't do that. They don't want to do that. They are not going to do that. They are fighting back every day, every moment of their lives. Whether we like it or not, they are making an issue about the things that are going on, the injustices that are happening. And even though most of the changes people of color are calling for, listen to this, are systemic, have to do with policies and laws that have marginalized them, that have justified inhumane treatment, a lot of people like me who look like me take that personally. Sometimes, you know, we just... We, we get upset about how certain people are going about certain things to expose injustices. You know, we want to throw out statistics. We want to throw out factoids. We want to throw out things that we've heard instead of what we've learned. A lot of people who look like me take it personally when people of color rise up and say enough is enough. And, and I said that because... I want you to listen to this. It's at that point in time. It's right here when we start doing damage. When we sometimes start saying hurtful things. You know, it's like we roll our eyes and we say, I didn't own slaves. I'm not racist. That happened in the past. I love all people. I don't see color. I just see people. We say things like, I don't understand why it always has to be about race. When I was growing up, I got bust. I got abused by people of color. You know, white privilege has never helped me. And it just goes on and on and on. And I, I, I want to I ask you just to consider how hurtful that can be to people of color. When we act like that and say things like that, even when we say we love and care about people of color, even when we say we love all people, we, we see everybody the same. And yet then we say hurtful things like that. It's here, right here. And there's so many other things that I could have listed that I've said that so many times, so many of us have said that are so hurtful that sometimes just shut down people of color in our presence. Instead of listening and learning, we spout off something that shuts people down, that hurts people, that just boxes them up. And it doesn't afford trust. It doesn't allow those things to happen. It's right there that we start making these uninformed arguments. We talk more out of what we've heard than what we've learned. A lot of white people, and I'm not saying everybody, but I'm talking about sometimes People who even say they love Jesus climb all over the efforts that people of color, especially black people, are making. 
when they stand up and they give voice and they start talking about what's going on and expressing how they're feeling, we don't listen. We don't learn from them. We want to judge them when we should be showing compassion. Hmm. Listening and learning. We just want to judge how they're doing it, whether or not they should be doing it, unrelated things that have transpired while they were doing it. We want to make uninformed arguments about why things happen to people of color or why they shouldn't be making an issue out of the things that they're making an issue out of. Why, if they would have just acted differently, that particular injustice would have never happened. You know, I got to ask you, especially those of you that, you know, claim to be followers of Jesus. Isn't that the argument that the religious leaders made in the story of the Good Samaritan? He deserved it. Isn't that what justified them walking by? Isn't that what justified them not caring? Oh, he deserved it. He knew that he shouldn't have been on the road. He shouldn't. He, he knew he shouldn't have been traveling at that particular time of day. He got what he deserved and they walked by. I think about that sometimes as it relates to, you know, our, our, our own r- religiosity. Have, have we become those religious people who come up with every excuse in the world why we don't have time to listen and learn. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this statement and you know again, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to make you mad. But listen, white evangelicals have become notorious at with this kind of behavior. You know, Billy Graham told Martin Luther King that the civil rights movement was moving too fast. Billy Graham refused to speak about social justice issues. And there's even a lot of people today who believe that we shouldn't talk about social justice in the church. But did you know that Billy Graham later said that he was wrong and that he wished he hadn't done that? I'm, you know, too late, you know. I'm grateful that he came to a a place in his life where he realized that he had done it wrong and he wished that he had done it differently. But you know what? We can't make that mistake. I I remember about how when Martin Luther King was in Birmingham protesting and he got thrown in jail, how a bunch of white evangelical pastors, white evangelical pastors who look like me, got together and wrote him a letter while he's sitting in jail for being involved in the protest and told him that he was going about it all wrong. They basically told the man sitting in a prison cell that he was going about it all wrong. The reality is, is that history has shown that all of their arguments were ill-informed. They were wrong. They were hurtful. And they produced a wedge that continues to survive between the black church and the white church even today. It's why we continue to be so segregated even today. It's why we still don't get each other, don't understand each other, because people start popping off. People, good intentioned people, I don't know, start making uninformed arguments when in reality, a lot of times we don't even know what we're talking about. 
So, you know, I, I, I want you to, you know, if you're still with me here, if you haven't shut me off yet, you know, I, I, I want you to listen to this. I, I'm talking to myself here. You know, I'm not, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm pointing a finger at us. The reality is, is that at some point in time, as white people, we have to humble ourselves. We have to quit acting like we've got this all figured out. Like we have all the answers. You know, we have to, we have to humble ourselves enough to listen and to learn, to, to avoid the temptation to start passing judgment and making uninformed arguments. It's just, if I really care about you as a person of color, then I, I just need to be quiet. I need to humble myself enough to realize, you know what? I don't understand your experience, but I want to learn. And in order to learn, I got to listen. In order to listen, I've got to humble myself. I've got to show some humility and quit acting like I have all the answers. Because you know what? We don't. We don't have all the right answers. At some point in time, we have to stop getting so angry so defensive about these injustices. Isn't that what loving your neighbor is all about? You know, it, I, 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 just, I just want you to think about that. You know, you are probably a great non-racist person. You probably even have a few friends who are people of color, but in reality, this isn't about us. It isn't how good of a person you are. It isn't about whether or not you have a black friend or a Latino friend or an Asian friend. This isn't about you. It isn't about us. It is about us opening up our hearts to listen and learn. A few days ago, and I'm almost done here. A few days ago, I shared a post on social media about our topic today. I, 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 I post, I shared a post by Jamar Tisby. And then I, I, I made this statement. I used to be an expert at uninformed arguments. I used to be an expert at uninformed arguments. If you don't understand that statement, I, I was, I was just trying to admit that there was a time in my life when I would have done all the above things that we have talked about today, the things that we have shared with you about today. When it came to racism, the issues of racism, dealing with racism, you know, it was just easier for me to argue about things that I knew nothing about than it was to just shut up and listen and learn. It was easier for me to pass sentence on why this thing happened or how certain people were going about certain things that caused them the issue that they got themselves into than it was for me just to shut up and to listen and learn. I could not let it not be about me. I'm ashamed of saying that. But, till it, but until it quits being about us 
and it starts being about the people that we care about, we will never make any progress. It was, it was like I had to prove that I was not a bad person, that I was not racist. I ranted and raved about things that I heard, things that I heard other white people say, things that they told me that made sense to me instead of listening and learning. You know, there are even people of color that will feed into your way of believing, you know, (laughs) but there's a lot of other people that will, will speak, you know, truth into the way that you are believing. So we just have to, we just have to uh, be humble, um, meek, teachable, and learn how to listen. And when we do that, then we are going to learn. When you argue out of what you've heard instead of what you've learned, you become an expert at uninformed arguments. You know, I, I have pastored for 40 years and all through the ministry that I had, I used to tell people, you know, the truth could hurt but it'll set you free. And, 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 and I guess I want to say, white people, you know, I love you. I care about you. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. But, you know, you know, the truth can hurt. Yeah, it can make you feel guilty and ashamed. It can bring a lot of emotions to you. But if you'll sit in that and lament and allow the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you to do a work, it, it can set you free. Paul said to the church at Rome, He said, when a truth is received with meekness, with a teachable heart, it can bring salvation to a life. Can can we listen to the word of God? Listen to that. When a truth is received with meekness, with a teachable heart, it can bring salvation to your life. You know, I I have to bring this to a close, but, you know, I want to encourage you to be a truth seeker even if it hurts, even if it, you know, does things in you that make you feel uncomfortable. Most of us, if not all of you watching or listening to this broadcast are good people. You know, I'll give it to you. You probably wouldn't have even jumped on here. You, You are. Let's just give you that. You don't have to defend that anymore. You don't have to prove that anymore. But if you really want to heal the racial divides, to be a part of that. I want to challenge you to open up yourself to learn about other people's experience. Do you realize that people of color have been talking about racism for centuries, have been writing books, writing articles, writing magazines, hope holding webinars, have been sharing things on social media for centuries. So my question to you is, are you listening to any of them? Have you read any of their books? I know there's a lot of white people like myself who are out there doing this, but if you want to learn about somebody else's experience, Why don't you read their book? Why don't you uh, get on their website? Why don't you sign up for whatever learning platform that they are uh, presenting to you? You know, if if all you're doing is listening to white people, then find some people of color that have been talking about this stuff for 
ever. Have you taken the course, What Lies Between Us? Have you gone to brownnicity.com and checked out the learning platform that Dr. Lucretia Carter-Berry has created for us? You know, I'd, I'd love to help you even more, you know, offline. I, I This is just the beginning of this, and we're going to be talking a lot more about this on um, different podcasts, but I would love, I would love to be able to help you make some recommendations to you. I can, I can uh, tell you about some great books, about some great podcasts that you can listen to some learning platforms that you can check out. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to me. You can email me at bridgebuildingsolutions at gmail.com. You can go to my website. You can t- contact me through there. I'm on all the social media outlets. At least I think I am. So why don't, why don't we just start a discussion? I'm not interested in you telling me I'm crazy. I'm not interested in you telling me that you don't, you know, buy into this, that I'm a troublemaker and that I'm a division caller. You know, if you want to keep those, you just keep those comments to yourself. But if you really want to learn, then I want you to reach out to me and I will come alongside you and I will help you learn how to take your steps that are going to bring about, uh, help you foster racial healing. I love it. And I love you. And I can't wait until we have an opportunity to get together next time. So may we be people of peace with voices of hope doing the hard work of love. I love you. I'll see you next time.